seem to pour from my heart I never felt so torn before Seems I don't know where to start But it's now that I feel You first fall like rain From every fingertip washing away Still fog up my mind Promises I still seem to bear But even when answers slowly unwind It's my heart I see you prepare But it's now that I feel Your grace falls like rain From every fingertip Washing away my pain Cause I still believe In your faithfulness Cause I still believe In your truth Cause I still believe I still believe
you, Ellie. What a beautiful message that is. Even when I don't see, I still believe. Ellie Baker was here this morning, and she and John are going to come later and share in our worship service. But thank you all for joining us again uh, by live stream and by Facebook Live. We continue to miss you, but we're grateful to all of you for continuing to do what we're asked to do, because the longer we do that, the quicker we will be able to be back together. And we look forward to that day when we can we're gathered together and worship as we did earlier in the year. But thanks again for being here. This morning we are reminded of what a great God we serve. A mighty fortress is our God. He is our fortress. And during this time, he is holding us in the palm of his hands. And he's going to have the victory in the end. So you join as we sing together, A Mighty Fortress is Our God.
as our worship team comes and leads us.
what a powerful message and song and how great is our God and how great thou art. And so thank you so much for worshiping with us today. We pray that you and your family are healthy and safe and doing well. And thank you for worshiping with us. Every week there's a time where we can pray together and I hope that during this season you've been praying like never before. You've been seeking God's face like never before. That you've been growing in your faith like never before. And it's our prayer that you might feel the power of God and His strength and His mercy and grace as we weather this storm together. And thank you, Ellie, for doing such a beautiful job. And and to know that we still believe, even though we don't know what the future holds, we know who holds our hand. And I'm going to invite you to join me in prayer right now again. Use your bedroom as an altar or your family room or, or maybe you're worshiping out on your back porch this morning or in your car, wherever you might be. May this be your prayer, your altar as we pray together. Oh God, thank you so much for your faithfulness. And we do still believe, God, we believe that you are a great and mighty God. We believe that you have the power to bring us through this difficult time. And Father, may we continue to trust in you and to worship you and to seek you, God, through this time. And Lord, I pray that you would just bring healing to those that have been infected by this terrible virus and pray for their healing. Father, we pray for so many on our prayer list that need your touch. Father, we pray for Debbie Winkle who suffered a stroke over this weekend. We pray for complete healing in her body and for Bob Gilbert, who had a fall this morning and had to go to the emergency room, we pray for his healing. We pray for so many, God, that are still going through radiation or chemotherapy or maybe experimental treatments, God, and we pray for healing in every way. Father, we pray for folks who are lonely we pray for folks, God, who do feel isolated. Lord, we pray that they might feel your presence. God, continue to bless all of our leaders as they try to, again, make decisions that are best for our country and for our state. Give them wisdom. And God, I pray that you would give all of the pastors and churches and me wisdom as we seek, O oh God, your perfect will, when that time for us to reopen is, that it would be a safe time and a time, God, where folks would not have to come to worship in fear. So help us, O oh God, to be patient and to wait upon the Lord, knowing that you will strengthen us, God, at that time. And Lord, we just again pray for everyone who's watching today you know who they are i pray for families god that are in crisis i pray for folks god that are experiencing financial difficulties 
I pray, God, for folks who are looking for employment even during this season. I pray, oh God, for, again, people that are battling depression or addiction. Oh God, lift them from their despair. Father, I just pray again for great revival and great spiritual awakening that even during this season, we are seeing a great move of God. Lord, we pray that even today, some might come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, that they might acknowledge Jesus as Lord and as Savior and invite, Lord, you to come into their hearts and lives and to forgive them of their sin. And Lord, we just pray that your Holy Spirit might continue to move through this service, continue to sing God through our musicians, be with Ellie and John as they lead in a moment and sing through them. And thank you again for all the beautiful music that we've already had today. And I pray that it's been a sweet time of worship for us. So God, just bless us now. Give me strength. Give me the words you would have me to speak today and speak through the power of your word. And we'll be sure to give you all the praise and the glory and the honor and the strong and powerful and great name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. If you would like to turn with me in your Bible to John chapter 5, so grateful again that John Baker and his daughter Ellie will be coming to sing for us. Thank you all for being here today, and we hear you prayerfully after the reading of God's Word. Begin with verse 1 of John chapter 5. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals, now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool which in Aramaic is called Bethesda and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, Do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. And so the Jewish leader said to the man who had been healed, It is the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. But he replied, The man who made me well said to me, Pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, Who is this fellow who told you to pick it up and walk? The man who was healed had no idea who it was, for Jesus had slipped away and to the crowd that was there. Later Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, See, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse 
may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had made him well. This is the word of the Lord, and blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, John and Ellie. What a great message and song. And what a, again, a great day to worship the Lord. And thank you again for worshiping with us and allowing the Spirit of God to not only be in this place, but I pray you feel His presence in your home, wherever you might be. I always like to share a little humor. Again, I've received a lot of uh, funny uh, jokes and sayings throughout the course of this uh, season that we're in. Um, Maybe you heard the one about the wife 
who was looking in the mirror one night before bed, and she turns to her husband and she said, does it look like that I've gained a lot of weight during this quarantine? And the husband said, well, honey, you were really never very skinny to begin with. Date of death, 5-1-20. Time of death, 11-23 p.m. Cause of death, coronavirus. <laughs> so maybe we can relate that this time of quarantine has certainly been unusual. If you're like me and my family, we've spent a lot of time together uh, during this quarantine. I mean, I've come to work each day and I've been here at church each day, but in the evenings I've had some quality time with my family because we're not having to run in about 10 different directions to this practice and that commitment to this meeting. So we've had some quality time together. One of the things that I've enjoyed doing is watching some TV shows with my children that I had never seen before. And there were two shows that I've watched that have a similar premise, and maybe you've seen them. One is called Pool Kings, and the other one is called Insane Pools Off the Deep End. Have you all seen those shows? I can relate to the Insane Pools Off the Deep End one. But anyway, the premise of these shows are that there's an old pool and this team comes in and they turn it into a new pool. They might add rocks and hot tub and they might put in a, a kitchen around the pool or they might have a, a theme, but usually at the end it's a beautiful masterpiece. And the family, the people that see their pool for the first time, they see the transformation, they are just thrilled with what they've seen. Occasionally, they might build a pool for the very first time when there had been no pool before. But I've, I've enjoyed watching that show with my children, especially my daughters, as we've seen the creation that would take place and the transformation after these pools. In our scripture today, we read about a very famous pool. Uh, this was a pool that was near the Sheep Gate at the northeast area of the temple. This was a place where the animals would be brought in for animal sacrifice. This pool was believed to have been 165 to 220 feet wide and 315 feet long. So it was a large pool. This pool was called Bethesda, which means house of mercy. And it was very appropriate that it would be called house of mercy because there were multitudes of people, disabled and blind and paralyzed, that would gather at this pool. And what were these people doing at the pool? They were looking for healing and they were looking for hope. I'd be willing to say that many of you who are worshiping with us today are looking for healing. We all certainly want to see this crazy coronavirus come to an end and, and we want to see this craziness stop. 
But we would all agree that we need hope, just like these people at the pool. We too need hope. What are we hoping for? We're hoping that the virus will end soon. We're hoping that they will come up with a vaccine or a cure. We're hoping that we might get back to a semi-new normal kind of life. We're, we're hoping that we can be back in church together. We are hoping that we can embrace our loved ones, our extended family members and our friends and spend time with those whom we love and we cherish our time together. But maybe today you are one of those people and you find yourself in a hopeless situation. Maybe you feel as though you are isolated or that you are lonely or you're depressed or you still feel overwhelmed or you feel anxious or you feel afraid. Well, if that's you today, know that God has a message for you. God has a word for you and a word for me. And through this scripture, we learn, first of all, that Jesus sees your need. Jesus sees your need. In our scripture passage today, in verse 5, now there was one, it said, who had been an invalid for 38 years who was there at the pool. There was one who had been an invalid for 38 years. We're not sure what caused him to be an invalid or what his paralysis was, but we know that he had been an invalid for 38 years. And then it says in verse 6, when Jesus saw him lying there. Now this is great to know, that even though there was a multitude or a crowd of people, that Jesus sees this one. How many of you today feel as though Jesus has forgotten about you? How many of you feel today that you have been lost in the crowd and that no one really cares? Well, I want to bring you good news today that God's Word teaches us that Jesus sees even the one who is in the crowd, even the one who is in the multitude of people, even the one who is in this vast, big world in which we live. Remember over in Luke's Gospel, we see in chapter 8 that there was a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. You remember this story? Jesus was going through again a crowd, and there was a woman who thought to herself, if I can just touch the hem of Jesus' garment, I will be healed. And you remember she made her way to Jesus and touched His garment, and He could tell that power had left Him. And then we know in verse 48 of Luke chapter 8, Jesus said, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. He saw that lady who had had this issue of bleeding for 12 years. Read on over in Luke chapter 13. There was a service at the temple and there was a woman there who had been crippled by a spirit 
for 18 years. It says that she was bent over and she couldn't straighten up at all. But we read in verse 13 of Luke chapter 12, when Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said, woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Jesus saw the woman who had been crippled by spirit for 18 years. I don't know how long you've been crippled by spirit. One was 12, one was 18. The invalid was for 38 years. But know that Jesus saw them. Just like in Luke chapter 18, there was a crowd of people outside of Jericho. And there was a blind man by the name of Bartimaeus who kept crying out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And remember the crowd told him to be quiet. And he cried out all the more, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And remember the Lord asked him what he wanted. And he said, Lord, I want to see. And in verse 42 of Luke chapter 18, Jesus said to blind Bartimaeus, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. And then what about in Luke chapter 19? What about Zacchaeus? This wee little man who was up in a sycamore fig tree when he heard the crowd coming by, he climbed up to get a look at Jesus. And remember, Jesus saw him, even though there was a crowd of people, and he said, Zacchaeus, you come out of that tree for I must go to your house today. And remember that Zacchaeus came down and Jesus went to his house, and in verse 9, of Luke chapter 19, he said, today salvation has come to this house. And you read on in verse 10, it says, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. So we know today that Jesus sees our need. You're, you've been in quarantine. You've been in isolation. Again, your kids are climbing the walls. You're climbing the wall. You, you can't wait for this craziness to be over. But please know you're not alone. Jesus does see your need. Just recently, a young mother contacted my wife, Kelly, and shared that this time of quarantine has been so challenging. And then they went on to open up their heart and share about all the struggles, all the challenges with their family and with their children and how she was crying out for help. And Kelly listened and Kelly talked with her and Kelly prayed with her and let her know that God cared and that she's not alone, that we're all going through similar circumstances. And, and maybe that's you today. You're feeling overwhelmed like this dear Christian young mother who's, who just had had all she could take and was at the end of her rope. But please don't give up, even if it's been 38 years or 12 years or 18 years or, or maybe it's been eight weeks of quarantine. Know that God cares and He sees your need. But not only does He see our need, He searches our hearts. When Jesus saw this man lying there, verse 6, and He learned that He had had this condition, had been in this condition for a long time, Jesus asked him, 
Do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? Now, for those of us reading and we say, he's been an invalid for 38 years, what kind of question is that? Why is he asking, do you want to get well? But it was a very important question because the man had not asked Jesus to help him. The man was lying there on his mat by the pool. Jesus asked him, which was important because to someone maybe who was begging for a living, it would be a detriment to their income if he was made well because maybe if he was cured, he would lose his financial stability with all the, the money people would give him it would mean that he would have to get up and, and work now and, and things would be different. But yet, Jesus asked him this important question. And that's what I want to ask you today. Do you want to get well? And maybe, maybe you're here and again, you're saying Jesus doesn't know what I need. Jesus does know. He sees your pain. He sees your anxiety. He sees your depression. He sees your loneliness. He sees your singleness. He sees your frustration. He sees your fear. And He knows what we need even before we ask. He searches our hearts. As a matter of fact, in 1 Chronicles chapter 28, verse 9, it says, for the Lord searches our hearts and He understands our desire, every desire and every thought. He searches our hearts and He knows what our desires are. He understands every thought. Just like when David wrote in Psalm 139 verse 23, when he was talking to the Lord and he was wanting him to know his devotion, he said, search my heart, O God. And he said, test me and know my anxious thoughts. So we know that he was opening up to say, search my heart, O God, and know me. And, and know my anxious thoughts. And then I think about what Paul wrote in Romans chapter 8, verse 27, when he said, for he who knows our hearts, uh, knows the mind of the Spirit. In other words, even when we can't express what our needs are, the Holy Spirit intercedes on our behalf with groanings, with words we can't even make sense of and speaks to the Lord on our behalf. Today, if the Lord is searching your heart, what would He find? Is it possible that during this season of quarantine and this season of craziness that God is growing us like never before? That we are seeing God do some amazing things in our family or in our spiritual lives and, and maybe that we're seeing changes like we've never seen before in a positive way, I pray. But in all reality, this can become like a Spiritual retreat, a time of renewal. A book that I've shared from through the years that I've so loved, Chuck Swindoll wrote a book many years ago called The Laugh Again. 
And in that book, he shared a story, uh, really a, a poem that a lady had written, uh, Ruth Harms uh, Kalkin, who shared kind of about a dilemma that she was going through, and I think it relates to what we're going through today. Hear this. This was my calculated plan. I would set aside my usual schedule, the menial tasks that wedge in routinely, and the peace and quiet of my living room, I would relax in your glorious presence. How joyfully I envision the hours, my personal spiritual retreat. With Bible and notebook beside me, I would study and meditate. I would intercede for the needy world. But how differently it happened, Lord. Never has the phone rung so persistently. Sudden emergencies kept pouring in like summer cloudbursts. My husband came home ill. There were appointments to cancel, plans to rearrange. The mailman brought two disturbing letters. A cousin whose name I couldn't remember stopped by on her way through town. My morning elation became drooping deflation. And yet, Lord, you were with me in it all. I sense your vital presence your sure and steady guidance. Not once did you leave me stranded. Perhaps in your great wisdom, you long to teach me a practical truth. When you are my spiritual retreat, I need not be a spiritual recluse. What great words that even though our plans have not been what we thought they would be. Our lives do not look like what we thought we would be doing at this time. Maybe God is using this as a time of spiritual retreat and renewal that we're growing again in our faith like never before. Today, know through this story that just as Jesus saw the invalid and his need in the great crowd, he sees you and your need in the great crowd. Know that Jesus, He also searches our hearts. And He knows what we need even before we ask. But then lastly, know that He strengthens you and saves you. He strengthens you and saves you. In verse 8, when Jesus went up to the man after he asked him, do you want to get well? And the man had said in verse 7, Sir, out of respect, I have no one to help me into the waters when it is stirred. They believed that these pool, this pool had an underground spring and it would periodically bubble up and stir. And the folks believed that an angel would come down from heaven and stir the water and bring some curative power. And so that's why these people would gather there. And the man said, Sir, I have no one to help me in when the water is stirred. What does that mean? Well, it means one, that maybe all of his family had abandoned him and he felt all alone. Two, maybe it meant he had lost all hope 
of ever being cured. And maybe that's where you are today. You, you've lost all hope thinking this thing is never going to end. It's just going to keep getting worse and, and I don't know what I'm going to do. And maybe that's where you are. But then Jesus, in verse 8, said to the man, Get up! Pick up your mat and walk! And at once, the man was cured. He picked up his mat and he walked. And that's encouraging for you and me today that we know that he has the power. And that's what you're thinking. Does, does he have the power to, to bring healing? Does he have the power to lift me up from my addiction or to lift me up from my alcoholism? Or does he have the power to, to lift me up from my anxiety or my worry or my fear or my joblessness? Or... But so many times people become comfortable bedding down with these things. People become comfortable thinking it's never going to change. So I'm going to stay in my alcoholism. I'm going to stay in my drug addiction. I'm going to stay in my anxiety. I'm going to stay in my place of, of confusion or frustration or fear. And if that's you today, and maybe you're thinking, I'm, I've been single and I, God's not going to bring me anyone. I want you to know God can bring you that special someone. God can lift you up from your loneliness. He can say, get up and know that I've got a perfect plan for your life. Does God have the power to save us and to strengthen us? Yes, He does. I love what Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. He said, I pray that out of His glorious riches that He may strengthen you with power through the Spirit in your inner being so that Christ, the message of Christ, may dwell in your hearts through faith. Did you hear that? Out of His glorious riches that He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being so that the message of Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Paul said in Ephesians 2 verse 8, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Philippians 4.19, And my God will meet all your needs according to His glorious riches in Christ Jesus. And so today I want you to be encouraged that, that God wants to lift you up. He wants to give healing to you. He wants to give hope to you. And maybe you've been on uh, that last thread. You're, you're just hanging on by a thread. You're, you're at the end of your rope. You're, you're at the bottom of the barrel. And again, you think God has forgotten about you. Know that God's timing is perfect. And He will provide for you. And He will deliver you. And God loves you so much that He would send His one and only Son, Jesus, to die on the cross that whoever would believe in Him should not perish, but would have eternal or everlasting life. I want to ask you today, have you, have you given your heart and life fully surrendered to Christ? Look, all the distractions have been 
uh, taken away right now. And, and again, we have some time, quality time to be with family or quality time to be alone with God. And, and are you allowing Him to transform you? Just, just like those pools were transformed. I, I think about uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. And God wants to bring a new creation in your life. And I, I want to guarantee you that when people see the transformation, they will be so excited at the work God has done. Aren't you ready? Even now, as we pray together, Oh Lord, I pray right now in the stillness of this moment that if there are any men or women or, or young people, students or children that have never given their hearts and lives fully surrendered to You, that this would be the day. Lord, what are folks waiting on? If there was ever a time to get their houses in order to give their lives fully surrendered to Jesus, it would be today. Oh Lord, maybe there are people watching that feel hopeless. And Lord, maybe they've been in a situation 38 years or 12 years or 18 years or maybe they've been single for this many years. But God, we know You have a plan. And Lord, we know You see our need and You search our heart. And Lord, maybe there's some folks today that need to allow You to cleanse their heart Give them a pure heart so they can see You. And maybe when they get their spiritual lives together, then You will bless them, God, with that right someone. You will bring them blessing. But Lord, there are some people today that have been paralyzed psychologically or paralyzed spiritually. And Lord, they're just uh, in that bed of complacency and hopelessness. And Lord, I pray that You would lift them up today. Get them up. And Lord, we know that, that this man went into the temple and Jesus told him, uh, quit sinning or something, something worse may happen. I pray, O oh God, that as we're making these changes, that we would repent from our sin and, and that we would begin to live our lives again fully surrendered to You and and Lord, that we might again experience the freedom that comes through faith in You. So Lord, thank You for being patient with us. And I pray, Lord, that we would be patient with You to bring newness of life into our hearts and lives. So help us, we pray, in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. We're going to have a time of commitment. And if you're watching today again, Maybe you can make a commitment and tell your husband or tell your wife or young person, you can tell your parent, I've given my life to Christ. We've had people again that have come to know the Lord through this time of quarantine. I've gotten emails, people want to join the church. People want to be baptized when all this craziness is over. And maybe you're one of them. And if you would like to make a commitment today, you can contact me or or again, our church office, and we will pray with you and talk with you about your decision. But I'm going to invite you to commit, even now, as we sing this great invitation hymn, The Savior is Waiting.
Thank you so much for worshiping with us today. What a sweet service it has been. Again, thank you to all those, the Baker family, our worship team, the ladies playing so beautifully, and Bill and our musicians, and the guys up in the sound booth and running this computer and, and our technology. Thank you. It is a team effort as we bring these services to you, and we pray Again, that you might feel the presence of the Lord. Again, please continue to pray as we seek the wisdom of God. I sent out a message this past week uh, to share that we do not know yet. We do not have an opening, reopening date. I ask that you would be patient, continue to pray as we, uh, again, try to come up with the plan. But our number one goal is to keep you safe and your family safe and healthy. And so please be in prayer as we continue again to wait upon the Lord. I ask that you would continue to worship with us. Don't forget, not only do we have these Sunday morning services, we have a service on Wednesday night at 6. Our children's ministry, our student ministries offer services as well online. I hope you worship uh, with them as well. But please continue to be patient as we again seek the Lord's perfect will. But thank you again for worshiping with us. And we hope to maybe see you soon. We're working on maybe a time maybe where uh, you all can come by the church here. Maybe we can see you uh, outside uh, social distancing. But we'll let you know more about that. But thank you for worshiping. Bill, if you don't mind, close us with the song at this time. 